Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more about that at masters.vc. This show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We're going to rip that lid off conventional venture capital and show you how it works. And that's why we're here, folks. Hi, Jillian. Welcome to 2021. Hi, Anne. Hi, Anne. It's certainly good to have 2020 behind us. I know about 7 billion people who are looking forward to a better year in 2021. Indeed. So what shall we talk about this week, Jillian, as we kick off this new year? Well, last year was crazy, so let's throw caution to the winds and kick off the new year by going out on a limb and we'll share our predictions for what's about to happen in the world of startups and venture capital. Everybody else is doing it. Let's do it. All right. You first. Okay. So we've been in the thick of this gender lens investing, and we've been at the bleeding edge of structured equity investment in venture capital for some time now. And, you know, my first prediction 2021 is going to see a lot more of both investments, investments in a broader range of founders that are already taking place. Uh, and we're seeing that, you know, already in 2020, it's going to grow. I predict this trend is going to amplify at least twofold or more in 2021. Uh, as we see more successful exits uh, from these investors and from these kinds of investments, those sums invested in diverse founders will increase right? This genie is not going back in the bottle. And then before I hand over the floor to you on your first prediction, I want to connect the two issues, investing in diverse founders and the structured equity investments. The argument against investing in any team that hasn't already had a successful exit is that a team that has proven success is more likely to provide another success. Therefore, we need better ways to fund the first-time founders. They're generally younger, they're early stage, right? And you and I literally invented the term structured equity, and we defined the parameters in order to provide a structure for investors to make shorter-term investments with a much likely higher a much higher likelihood of seeing steady returns that are commensurate with the risk of that asset class. So my corollary prediction is that as more investments are made in diverse teams, more nuanced investments using uh, funds that, excuse me, funding models that include this structured investment, uh, equity investments, including revenue share, debt funding, and other options, they're all going to increase in 2021. And it yeah, just uh, to add a little bit to that, our attorney, David Gitlin, Royer Cooper here in um, in uh, Philadelphia, uh, it points out that the structured equity investments are an excellent model for impact investing and, uh, yes. uh, and yes. early diverse founders. So, mm -hmm. but I wanted to go back to something that uh, David Fialco, who's the founder of General Catalyst, pointed out in a recent interview with First Republic Bank, as far as funding 
untried, untested founders. He said VCs need to get comfortable with supporting young and untried founders because that's where the new ideas no one has thought mm -hmm. of come from. Yep. As he said, while in some industries, such as healthcare and pharma, experience matters, some other industries are so brand new uh, that domain expertise is actually value-less, as in <laughs> having no value. For example, when David was trying to land a deal with the startup Stripe, when it was just a startup, uh, the founders observed that most of their customers would be businesses that had not even been invented yet. Yeah. So if we learned one thing in 2020, it's this. It's really hard to predict what will happen. That said, let's take a look at the elephant in the room, the pandemic. We have been buffeted by so many body blows, more than 325,000 COVID deaths in the U.S. alone of the 1.75 million worldwide. In the U.S., that is akin to eight years of traffic fatalities, or mm. <laughs> if you prefer, more than <laughs> 1,000 jumbo jet crashes. I'm talking about the 747s with no survivors in nine months. Yeah, massive. Business, massive. Businesses are failing, especially in entertainment, dining, and travel, and we're suffering a major economic recession. Furthermore, an extensive hack of government systems suspected to be from Russia with love and <laughs> it's, it just turned up the last month of 2020 in several key federal agencies, including the Energy Department, which, by the way, is the one that develops and monitors our nuclear weapons. And uh, then, of mm -hmm. course, there were the efforts to undermine U.S. government processes um, from within our own country's highest office. Uh, we're talking about the presidential election, of course. This has all put us on a rocky footing, to say the least. So trends that have been accelerated by this pandemic, which has become have become a force in our lives that will likely continue beyond the pandemic and create opportunities for innovation include telemedicine, especially device-based mental health, ed tech, uh -huh, school at home, a distributed workforce, Workforce that WFH, which looks kind of funny, but mm -hmm. you know, I always have to be careful how I say that. Mm -hmm. um, but in media and entertainment, we see that streaming on multiple devices, um, entertainment being released in streaming media and in theaters at the same time, and even entertainment released only via, via streaming medium is becoming mainstream. And then, of course, in sports, pro sports event bubbles, uh, which leads us to event security. They're all included in this list. I would agree on all fronts, Anne. And on a side note, I observe that virtual events from medical visits with your doc to business and consumer conferences and the shows, uh, you know, being accessible online and streaming media now uh, showing first-run movies in our homes makes all these events far more accessible for people with mobility challenges. So that brings us to travel. The pent-up demand from millennials, evident to be sure. But seniors are also showing strong signs of being eager to head back out on the travel road, and particularly on cruises. 
which is interesting. Celebrity content to sell travel and lifestyle versus this user-generated content is burgeoning. Um, I'm seeing uh, YouTube uh, videos all over the place, not just, of course, now available on laptop, but available on our TVs on our walls. Now, I'm personally also seeing a strong uptick in content targeting people who are considering becoming expats. That's another sign that the work from home phenomenon or more aptly work from the beach or the mountain pensiona maybe, you know, this phenomenon is going to be a strong trend in 2021. That said, I'm not sure it's going to hold the 22 and 23 and so on, but this is going to be a major play as people really do not just head out on the road, but head around the world to go and work. Yeah, in our final show of 2020, Jillian, we talked about the trends we saw growing in the year of COVID. Here's a quick rundown of what we saw. Mm -hmm. Virtual meeting technology got a huge tailwind. COVID sent everyone home, so consumer comfort levels with virtual technology was accelerated by about five years or more. Even golden agers are using Zoom. Hey, I represent that remark. <laughs> <laughs> you resemble that remark? <laughs> I do, yes. Uh, Google Meet and Alexa devices to hang out virtually with their grandchildren. With everyone working from home, it took about six months before we saw a flourish of companies trying to manage virtual workforces. Wow, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And communications, knowledge and file management and emotional health issue management to alleviate mm -hmm. isolation or distracted working situations and more. Obviously, pharma investments rose as the world focused on vaccines for COVID-19 and thank God we have a couple now. FOMO, rain, that's the fear of missing out. Uh, for those of you who live in caves, uh, reigned <laughs> in conventional VC with most of the cash last year going to late stage investments to cash on the in on the IPOs. Uh, greed is good. Thank you, Gordon Gecko. <laughs> nah. Meanwhile, our friend Leslie Jump at Different, uh, which is a, a an agency that pulls together all sorts of uh, research on funding. Um, in November of 2020, noted the pandemic exposed human humanity's massive underinvestment in critical science-based technologies. Whew. Uh, most obviously diagnostics for just such a situation. Uh, Jump and her colleague, Mac Coleridge, reported that most governments and corporations, with the exception of China and Google, reduced their budgets for R&D since the 1960s peak following the USSR's launch of Sputnik in 1957. I just have to ask, are we stuck in a mode of reactivity and calling it our strategy? Uh, jump and Coleridge <laughs> point to investment opportunity in dynamic deep tech ecosystem encompassing hundreds of existing organizations and initiatives from which to build. Further, the Endless Frontier Act, which Jillian, you and I first heard about a year ago, um, it's bipartisan legislation to invest $100 billion in advanced tech over five years. It passed the House and it's been waiting in the, for Senate action since May of 2020. Yep. Yep. So we would certainly like to see the new administration get that one done. Absolutely. And with that, we have to take a break now for our sponsors. We'll be right back with some insights into the world of venture capital and predictions for 2021 on VC Confidential. 
Okay, hold on before you take us back. And uh, do you want to put in this bit about uh, the sentiment being echoed at, at uh, MIT Sloan's workforce uh, and so on, or just let it go? Which one? It's now placed just after the break. Oh, with, you don't think you we know, have time? Well, we don't have time on the segment one. Or do let's you want go, to? Let's, well, um, yeah, um, it's more interesting to get into the pitch book stuff, I think. Okay. We'll do this okay. another time. We'll Sounds good. Okay. 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 I'm going to give it 10 and we'll go back in. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. And before the break, we opened the conversation about what to expect in 2021. After a truly unusual, I'm putting it mildly, 2020, <laughs> let's look at what the pundits are saying. In mid-December, PitchBook published a report on the 2021 Venture Capital Outlook and came up with some interesting predictions. Let's run down and um, discuss them. And of course, we'll put the link on our LinkedIn's page, Outlines Venture Group. So, Jillian, take it away. Okay, so here are the 2021 predictions from PitchBook. Biotech and pharma, um, not surprising, right? A deal activity they think is going to exceed 20 billion for the second consecutive year. Uh, established managers are going to increase their proportion of overall VC funding to above 75% for the first time since 2012, while emerging fund managers are struggling to raise capital. Now, this discrepancy is expected to widen as established funds recycle their gains into follow-on funding. That one's interesting, Anne. We should unpack that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
you were talking a little bit about this concept of re-engaging um, massive amounts of capital in late stage companies that are not necessarily addressing the problems or issues that could be solved or improved with innovative ways to do it, right? They are becoming very much like the already existing public corporations. So this is kind of a, a curious little bit here, right? I don't I find say... it curious at all. I think it's just they see money, they can make money. That's their job is to make right. money. And uh, it's shorter term, yeah. right? But most investors can't get their capital into those late stage companies, only if you have massive amounts of capital and you're kind of let in the back door, if you will, at the very late end, right? This is, again, plowing already raised capital back into later stage already invested companies, right? This is just coming back and doing it again. So you don't get to play that game. If you're going to play at the earliest stage, right, the question is what kinds of things should you be looking for so that um, you get a real sense, one, of the amount of capital that's going to be available for that early stage, the amount of opportunity that's available, and how you get to deploy it. If more than 75% goes to late stage stuff, then only 25% or less of venture capital itself is actually going into the new stuff. That's a much smaller game, if you will. That would say choosing your companies at the early stage, uh, you're not really competing against massive amounts of capital at all. Interesting little bit. Well, so I think what I'm hearing you say, a partner, is that spells opportunity. Yes, it does. Um, again, if you're only competing against 25% of the capital. It's not like some other uh, larger VC firm, if you will, can, uh, you know, throw so much capital at this that they, you know, they get the deals, if you will. Emerging managers have an opportunity to get in at those earliest stages. Now, the ability to get follow-on capital and so on for those that are heading to the billion-dollar mark, that's still going to be at play. And so, yes, the existing massive VCs still have an advantage. Okay. But for so many more companies that don't necessarily hit billion-dollar marks, but $100 million or better, right, those are still very good exits. They can provide earlier and steadier returns to these early-stage investors. And that's where these early stage individual, private family office, and even small institutional capital should be looking. Furthermore, what about making the pie bigger? Yep, there's going to be a lot of that. Um, it, it says that, you know, on this list from, uh, you know, from PitchBook and so on, it does talk a little bit about, you know, these emerging managers and the fact that there are more emerging managers. And that's interesting too. And, and we talked about that in uh, segment one here of our show today. Right? I don't think this genie is going back in the bottle. There are more emerging managers. There are more um, BIPOC founders. There are more uh, diverse, uh, excuse me, not founders, funders. Uh, there are more diverse funders of every kind and diverse funders will invest in diverse founders. So that is a growing segment for 2021. And that is good news. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk for a minute about uh, SPACs, you know, they were a hot deal in yes. 2020, especially with the IPO fever. Um, so PitchBook is a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, is um, PitchBook is suggesting that they will decline year over year in 2021 
and that uh, fewer than 30% of the 2020 SPACs will actually close an acquisition. What do you think's going on? Was that a bubble? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's what they're saying. And a lot of folks are saying that. Um, I was listening in on something uh, not too long ago, be just before we ran our own SPAC show here. And uh, and in some ways, I kind of disagree, but it's not such so much a disagreement at the larger end, which is what these guys are all talking about, right? This is a... Uh, let's see, a fund that raises a large amount of capital for an existing entity that doesn't really do anything. It's just an existing entity that will then purchase a single corporation and that corporation goes public in the process. Essentially, it's just a different way to go public, right? For the yeah, startup yeah. companies, if you will. And it's they're hardly easier. startups. It's, right. It's, it's easier, easier fewer risks. Yeah. Right. Those kinds of things, which is why SPAC doesn't have a great history. Because again, when you loosen regulations, you know, kind of the ne'er do well slip through and, and try to make good of that. Right. So I understand that. Now, not all SPACs are bad and maybe they burnish their reputation a bit. I get that. But what we're talking about are, again, the massive amounts of capital. You raise billions of dollars, you pick up a really large company, it becomes funded that way, you get it into the public. All of those things are very interesting. But you and I heard more rumblings at the bottom level, right? We heard of a company that was going to go public even before it hit its Series A, Right. It was going public on the pink sheets. Yep. Now, whether this is going to be a reasonable way for early stage companies, especially with diverse founding teams who are so challenged to get capital from conventional venture capital firms, right? We do not know yet, but I will be watching very closely to see how those companies that did this kind of SPAC work in 2020 are going to fare in 2021. It sounds a little bit at these you know, low-end stages, it sounds a little bit like crowdfunding, if you will. If you go public, somebody's going to want to have, you know, have to want to buy your stock, right? So if you have a nice large collection of fans, well, they are going to want to buy your stock. But if you don't, then who the heck is going to pick it up? Not quite, right? When you're in the public market, you gain the attention, if you will, of a much larger audience who didn't know you existed at all. And so you can grow your fan club, if you will. There may be others who look at your field of endeavor and say, yeah, you know, I'd like some of that in my portfolio. It's a lot more liquid. They don't have to engage in this very long-term early stage venture capital investment. I think SPAC at the small stage is going to be growing. Yeah, and I think that we're on to something there. It's a useful technique. Now, in a related topic, kind of, uh, the, the Bay Area, Opine's pitch book, will fall below 20% of the U.S. deal count for the first time. And yes. I think there are a bunch of reasons that uh, uh that uh, particularly Silicon Valley is losing its network effect, not least of which is the fact that nobody needs to live there to work there anymore. Exactly. And the real estate has become so extraordinarily expensive. The taxation of uh, companies, small and large, is huge. Um, it is not necessarily an 
favorable environment for companies to uh, reside. And so the companies can lead, they can form in Nevada and Montana and, you know, I don't know, Delaware and whatever, but they can also have a physical presence in those uh, states uh, where they would be more favorably taxed and where real estate would cost less. Uh, I don't know, the fishing is better, whatever it is, right? Um, certainly the traffic is lessened on and on and on. So with all of those things, this very high priced sector that created itself by being the center of capital is now spreading itself out. And again, we saw that it was declining over years, as uh, Pitchbook noted, but it had not yet fallen below this kind of magical 20%. Uh, so it just says it's now a significant player, but no longer the dominant player. And I think that one is going to continue. Um, so it's not just that we saw it for the first time. Uh, we're going to see that as an effect. Of course, you can work anywhere. You can incorporate anywhere. Your home office can be anywhere. This uh, disparate um, you know, uh, set of, of rules is not changing. That's another thing, not going back in the genie bottle. And so uh, we'll be seeing more things that are affected by the ability to work from home. And before we go to break, there are a couple other related points. So one in particular, <clears throat> non-traditionals will lead a record 1,600 early and late stage VC deals as venture becomes more ingrained in their investment strategy. Discuss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, discuss. Okay, so non-traditionals, that means female founders, it means BIPOC founders, it means people of color and so on. Um, so leading 1,600 early and late stage v, uh, VC deals, that's interesting. Um, and I, I do think that, uh, again, what they're referring to at PitchBook is that at every stage, we are seeing more diversity in the funding process and among the founders uh, who are being funded. Again, not going back in the bottle. This is a good thing. Different problems are being solved. Uh, more opportunities are being created for uh, successful exits. And uh, how should I say, as we move the opportunity to every sector of American society, all sectors of American society are lifted. So this is a good thing. That is a very good thing. And now we must take another break for our sponsors. You are listening to VC Confidential, and we will be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. We are so glad you joined us for our first episode in 2021. Whew! Glad to see this year arrive. Our last item on the pitch book list of prognostications, and we will put the link in, in our LinkedIn page, Outlines Venture Group, was that venture debt issuance will continue a string of record years. Uh, surpassing the 2,600 deals and 25 billion originated for the fourth consecutive year last year. Yes, and I do think I would totally agree with this one, and it will continue into 22 and 23. Um, venture debt versus venture equity uh, is, uh, how should I say, a more stable uh, method of investment. Uh, structured equity comes into play with things like that. That's not a debt instrument, but it does have more uh, cash-like uh, returns. And so uh, it's, they're both based on gross revenues, gross margins, things like that. These are elements that form stable companies that can expand at their leisure, if you will, instead of being forced to a quick exit and uh, forced to increase valuations. But let's wrap up today with kind of this rundown of our advice for investors. Now, it's not financial advice, folks. We're not attorneys. We're not accountants. So you check out any and all of your investments with your professional resources. But this is our list of what we intend to do about the trends that we predict are going to be evident in 2021. A drum roll, please. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'll take the first one. Here we go. First one, invest in new entrepreneurs right? Because that's where the innovation is going to take place. If you have massive amounts of capital to invest in conventional venture capital, then by all means, indulge in late stage rounds if you can get it in there. Okay. There are going to be plenty of VCs plowing billions of dollars into these follow-on rounds and so on. But if you are an early D to series A stage investor, you join a VC fund that's investing in the next big thing, not reiterations of what already exists. Right. So we're not looking for founders who are kind of, you know, refining this and that. The next thing we are really looking for founders who are looking at problems that have not been addressed. That's where the major innovation is going to be. And they're doing it by solving things in ways that have never been looked for before. This is where the serious innovation comes from. Right. This is where the very good exits are going to be seen by these early stage investments. Invest in teams that have the ability to look at problems that haven't been addressed and devise solutions that will yield results and therefore high returns. Okay, I want to take number two. Yep. Uh, we invest in companies that will manage the change. The pharma companies that win with a working vaccine will make money this year, obviously. Yeah. The companies that provide the underpinnings to manage a world in which a global pandemic are going to be tomorrow's winner winners. First, yeah. there are no more national pandemics. The borders are no longer sealable. 
Second, pandemics are going to be a regular, if not frequent occurrence. And finally, several countries in the Middle East have already closed as best they can their borders to protect their citizens from what they believe is the coming onslaught of mutations of the COVID-19 virus for which the vaccines will not be efficacious. Now this yeah. can mean several things. Those pharma companies have a shot at making more money by making more vaccines. Whoopee! Mm -hmm. What we see, this means that work from home is not going away. Social distancing, meal deliveries, restaurants no longer serving in crowded spaces with poor ventilation. None of that's coming back. What is coming is improved air filtering and ventilation systems. Restaurants that advertise hospital quality air filtration systems, much more home delivery of everything. So invest in logistics. It's huge today. It's going to continue to be even huger. Yep. Yep. I'll take the next one. I'm going to say invest in cybersecurity. It's a, just a follow-on of what you just said. A lot more business, personal life, commerce. It's already being conducted online. A lot more is going to be accomplished online in the near future. Kids are not going to back to school and daycare and summer camp with a regular basis. Some, maybe, some, not, that sort of thing. Ain't going to happen like it was before. Parents are not going to go back to work the way they did before. Get over it and get on with it. The air is going to be cleaner. The roads will last longer. The infrastructure is going to be sufficient as fewer as you know, of us are going to be moving around from A to B every single day, multiple times a day, just to get our work done. This process is over for an awful lot of office workers. Manufacturing, of course, that's another matter. Service, again, another matter. You know, it's kind of as if the world invented a lifeline for itself so it could survive and thrive during regular pandemics. And then we got one. Yeah. <laughs> they made the internet and then we got to use it. <laughs> yeah. And somebody invented Zoom and we got to use it. You know? yeah. yeah. Except it really didn't work out. What the global pandemic really did was revealed all the gaps in our lifeline as a result of four decades of underinvesting in R&D. Yeah. So we're not there yet, but we do have the basis of being able to function without spreading viruses so quickly that our medical systems are overwhelmed. So now these medical systems are about to improve. Think of all of the holes you saw, and that's where the opportunity is going to lie. In-home internet systems, cybersecurity, virtual meetings, e-commerce processes. We're already seeing that Amazon is not only offering but rewarding people for bundling their purchases together into groups so that they receive them all in a couple of days a week. Organizations and structure is going to emerge over time and we're going to become accustomed to seeing our delivery days rather than expecting everything in two to 24 hours. These things will tighten. What's going to happen though, in terms of startups, these are the ones who are going to fill in the massive holes of what didn't work in this pandemic. So we get better at it next time. So what with the thought we want to leave you with is invest in early stage deals and resilient founders. Later stage deals will command billions of dollars. Find the upcoming gems in the early stage deals. Look for founders who have the ability to pivot possibly multiple times. The roller coaster of 2020 is not likely to end early in 2021. There will be changes in tax rules. There will be more roller coasters in the economy as we manage virus mutations. The wild ride is not yet over, folks. Founders will need to be resilient and be able to pay, 
pivot quickly as they see opportunities as well as threats to their business models. This is not a time to sit back and let any plan play out. All <laughs> business management will be about vigilance and the ability to keep abreast of what's about to happen in the local, national, business, and international business environment. I would totally agree. Um, and then finally, on the gender lens investing that we've been involved in so long, um, we would uh, also like to point you to a link we're going to put in our uh, LinkedIn page, a Criterion Institute report 10 points of materiality. Um, it's an activist think tank and it's showing how uh, social change makers can engage with their, you know, this shift in financial uh, systems and including, of course, investors. So with that, we're going to close out this show of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of that shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who have agreed to take a chance on our show, VC Confidential. You can listen to all our episodes right here on WMRF.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and where Ever you get your podcasts. You'll find all our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy, and we're so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.